Hi friends, welcome to Life in Higher Ed. I am Herminio Perez. And I'm Denise Nelson-Nash. We are senior higher education administrators and combined, we have over 50 years of experience and we are here to talk about what goes on behind the scenes on a college and university campuses. We surface the interesting, the confounding, and the seemingly absurd, and we do so with honesty and a sprinkling of humor. We want to help you not only survive but thrive and to know that you are not alone in your journey. If you are an administrator in higher ed or considering becoming an administrator, this podcast is for you. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode, When Coaching is Needed. If you're like me, there has been a point in your career when talking with workplace friends wasn't enough and professional coaching was something you considered. And in addition to that, sometimes we are in the process of probably changing positions and or from one place to another, or we need someone that can provide some type of guidance. There are other situations, and and probably we're going to talk about that more uh, within the episode, um, that we um, have some situations at the workplace and we need someone from the outside world, you know, outside from the workplace to give us some kind of guidance. But you know what? Let's going to start our episode for today. And I am extremely excited to welcome my colleague and good friend, Dr. Christine Goldway. And she is the Assistant Director of the Center for Organizational Leadership at Rutgers University. But Denise, not only that, she's a certified coach from the International Coach Federation and accredited coach training program. And not only that, you know what? In addition, she has co-authored Two great textbooks on leadership. One is Leadership, Social Influence in Personal and Professional Settings. And the most recent one, Leadership in Academic Health Centers, Core Concepts and Critical Cases. Welcome to Life in Higher Ed. Thanks, Erminio. Thanks, Denise. I'm really happy to be here with you. Oh, we're so excited to have you. And just so that our listeners know, we'll have a link to those textbooks in the chat so that you can find those as well. So, Chris, again, welcome. And let me start by just asking you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you hope they can take away from this conversation. Sure. Um, So as Erminio mentioned, I work at Rutgers University and I kind of work as a consultant, an internal consultant, uh, helping uh, faculty and staff build their leadership capacity across Rutgers University. Um, And part of my role, I'm also a certified leadership coach. Um, And that's really, I think, It's one of my favorite parts of the job because I get to connect deeply with the people that I work with at Rutgers, learn more about them and um, help them discover solutions for whatever challenges they're facing. So you say you're a certified leadership coach. What does that mean? So for for our listeners who may not have ever worked with a coach before, what is it that a, a coach does? Sure. Um, well, when I say certified, so there is a uh, an association, the International Coaching Federation, and they are the ones who, you know, you take a test. Well, you, you do training that is certified by them. Then you can take te- you need to 
uh, have so many hours of coaching and then you can take a test and become certified. So I have the, the first, the ground level certification. And simply what a coach does is uh, create a container or a conversation uh, between the coach and the person who's being coached. Sometimes we call them a coachee or a client. Um, so the coach's role is to create a container or a conversation for discovery to happen. And a, a fundamental principle of coaching is that the client or the coach is completely knowledgeable. They, they know their worlds better than anyone. We, uh, we accept the idea that they're creative they're resourceful, um, and they're capable of really understanding and discovering their own solutions. Um, so a coach's role is really just to guide the individual through a series of questions um, to get the, the client or the coachee to, to think about things or think about things differently um, or just to bring clarity to a situation. Thank you for that, Chris. And um, going into the same line of thinking um, and, you know, knowing you, um, not only you are a certified coach, but also you have a lot of a scholarly work on your background in terms of leadership. Then can you provide some examples from that work that you are doing as a coach and how that scholarly work has helped you to maximize the potential of those individuals? Yeah, thanks for that, Arminio. Yeah, pure coaching, typically the, the coach is not giving any suggestions or uh, advice, right? That's more consulting. Um, so occasionally when I'm coaching with people, we kind of slip into that consulting position. And that's where my background, I would say my background on communication theory, on uh, my experiences with leadership practice really come in handy. Um, you know, in pure coaching, I might spend a couple of sessions getting people to discover some key principles about communication in the workplace. But, um, Unfortunately, people are busy and don't have a lot of time. So I do at times share my knowledge, my information, uh, what I know about communication theory, and then use that to kind of inform the conversation. Does that make sense? Definitely. So I love this concept of discovery and um, one's personal and, and own discovery. And I recall reading this quote about growth and comfort do not coexist. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you approach the discomfort that someone may feel during that discovery um, phase? Yeah, that's a great question, Denise. And I think it starts with building trust with the person. So as a coach, I probably wouldn't dive into those deep, uh, you know, may possibly painful moments uh, in the first call, right? I would spend some time myself discovering more about the client um, and understanding what their values are, where they hope to go, 
Um, and hopefully over time, I'm building trust with this person. And then I can understand when's the right moment to push this person. And, say, and I always ask permission. I might say, Denise, um, if you don't mind, can I uh, reflect back to you something that I keep hearing you talk about? Um, and it may be something uncomfortable and something pain, uh, possibly painful. Um, so I might then say, so what's that about, Denise? Can you tell me more? Um, and, and enter into that conversation that way. And the, the client always has the, the right to say, you know what, that's really uncomfortable for me to talk about. And I'll say, okay, would you like me to ask you about that at another time? And if they say yes, then I will. If they say no, then I know that topic's off the table and I'll find maybe other ways to get into the conversation about discovery and development. And You know, following on that, is a coach a psychologist? No, no, not at all. Coaches are not certified. Psycho they're not psychologists. They're not, not psychotherapists. Although I should say there probably are some coaches who have that background. Um, I like to think of it as um, coaching is very forward focused, where I think psychotherapy or those types of practices are more about um, thinking about the past and uh, how that past has influenced your current behaviors. We don't tend to spend much time on that in coaching. Um, when I was being trained as a coach, one of uh, the teachers said that, let's see if I can get this right, that psychotherapy is about pulling weeds you know, in the garden where coaching is about maybe planting seeds mm. in your garden. So I like keeping that, uh, that uh, picture in my head. I love that picture. And I'm also thinking back to something you said about um, it's not coaching is not about solution making or solution or not exactly what you said, but it's something about, it's not about creating solutions. So if, is that what you said or did I get that wrong? So it's not about the coach creating uh -huh. the solutions for the client. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. the, the client, it's definitely solution focused. Like uh -huh. the coach's role is to guide the, the client through a process where they discover their own solutions and what would be the best solution for them. There's a, a a well-known coach, um, I can't think of his name right now, but he has a, a TED talk where he talks about uh, taming your advice monster, right? So coaches <laughs> sometimes want to get in there and give advice. Um, but one of the points he makes in his podcast or his video is that your advice actually isn't that good, right? So, so keep it to yourself and then instead help the client discover their own solutions. Got it. So along those lines, we know that um, self-efficacy and resiliency are often cited as really key, um, as essential for leadership today. So how do you coach someone into discovering or into identifying their solutions that will really shore up those, those two aspects that are so needed in leadership. 
Yes, yeah, I agree with you completely, Denise. Self-efficacy and resilience. And a lot of the coaching conversations, you know, those ideas are embedded in them. It's about asking questions that remind the client of times where they were resilient. Um, So I might say something uh, like, wow, Denise, it sounds like you're really struggling with this situation. Um, Can you talk to me about a time where you may have faced a similar situation in the past? And so we might go back and forth on that. And I'll try to learn about your approach for resolving a problem and remind you of your self-efficacy and your resilience, Mm -hmm. right? So I might then say, so Denise, it sounds to me that you really are capable of solving a problem like that. Um, And if I hear the person saying that they're really not, uh, they really don't believe they can solve the problem, I might say, Um, well, who in your world might you reach out to, to get some information or insight or support? Um, Yeah. um, It seems that there is a lot of self-awareness, right? Involved within the uh, coaching uh, process. Um, And I know that you mentioned that sometimes that can be a little bit painful for that individual um, can be something that triggers some kind of emotions. But at the end of the day, how those sessions help an individual to improve their leadership skills? Mm, that's a good question, Erminio. And you bring up a really important point about self-awareness. Um, so coaching, a coaching engagement is ho- hopefully designed to help the person enhance their self-awareness, become more reflective, because that's the foundation of leadership development, right? If without being self-aware, without reflecting on your practice, how things are going, um, and what changes you might need to make, there's no hope for improvement, or, or improvement may be slow and painful. Um, and probably for slow and painful for those around you. Um, I I have to say, though, I have worked with people who have a limited amount of self-awareness or they're just not in that space, right, in their their mind at that time. They're not in the space to be really self-reflective or be be self-aware. So that does make coaching challenging. Um, and in those situations, I might recommend, you know, someone try something else for a while and then come back to the coaching conversation, um, because I don't want to waste people's time if I don't feel like I can help them have an impact. So Rutgers is really fortunate. They have you. It's true. <laughs> so not every institution has a Chris. So how does one go about finding a coach? Great question. There are actually so many coaches out there. Um, you can start by going to the International Coaching Federation website. Um, I believe they have a section that says find a coach or um Also, I think LinkedIn is another great resource if you're looking for someone uh, 
who's close to you or someone who's a coach in a particular field. Um, you can find folks that way. Um, and ask around. Um, sometimes people don't think of or don't talk about, hey, I've been working with a coach and it's going really well. Sometimes people like to keep that private. Um, and I should uh, say that anyone who is certified through ICF um, maintains confidentiality. So, uh, so a coach, as a coach, I would never say, oh, I've been coaching this person or I've been coaching Denise or I've been coaching Erminio. I would never say that. So um, sometimes the word doesn't get out about coaching. Now that you're saying that, um, there is a level of confidentiality, you know, um, to build that trust between the coach and the and the person that is receiving the sessions, right? But um, based on your experience, what should a coach do or do not do in a session? Uh, well, definitely, uh, they should, uh, you know, they should remind people that what is being said is, you know, kept confidential. And usually that happens in the first call. Um, we don't usually remind folks along the way unless something comes up. Sometimes if someone's manager is requesting that uh, someone that they uh, work with go through coaching um, and that manager comes back and asks questions about progress. As a coach, I cannot give that manager uh, any details about the progress being made. And I would first go to that person and say, your manager has asked um, for uh, details about your progress. What are you comfortable uh, with me share? Or what, you know, what can I share with that manager? Um, I feel like I went off track there and that does, does that answer your question, Erminio? Yeah, that answered the question. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, it's all based in uh, within the confidentiality space, yeah. right? And the thing is that what I hear is that if the case is that is um, recommended by supervisors or any other um, administrator for that individual to go into coaching is because they want that individuals to raise their self-awareness to develop some skills that they're going to make them perform better at, um, uh, at the workplace. Uh, that's the way that I'm seeing it. Yes. Yes. Um, my recommendation would be though, that, um, that only comes out if there's a willingness, uh, a desire for the person being coached and the manager, that it's really a partnership and that they will engage in conversation about how things are going. Um, coaching does not typically work well when a manager says, I have this employee who's doing a terrible job. They're, they're so uh, unaware and can you help them? And then maybe the employees resistant. They're not really interested in going for coaching. That does not work. Um, and really, I think it's the coach's responsibility to explain to the manager why that that wouldn't work. Yeah. I cannot believe this, but our time is coming to an end. And I know, Arminio, you had one more question you wanted to ask, and then I'm going to jump back in afterwards. 
Thank you, Denise. Yes, and you know, uh, this is an amazing conversation, Chris, and I hate to have to wrap it up, but there is always one question that I have in the back of my mind. And I like always to tap into the humanistic aspect of any of our guests, right? And my question to you is, after all these years and knowledge as a scholar and a coach, what have you learned? Mm, what have I learned? I have learned that the people we work with at Rutgers, the people we meet along the way are amazing. I'm impressed over and over and over again about the, the brilliant ideas and the hard work and the, you know, um, so many wonderful things about the people that we work with that um, it really makes my job. Uh, a pleasure. Great. No, thank you so much, Denise. Wonderful. Yes. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you one last thing. So, before we before we sure. let you go, is do you have any final words of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Or you know, it could be one, two, three pieces of advice, um, especially for those who might be considering engaging with a coach. Sure. Sure. Um, so, I think. Coaching is really, really useful in two different scenarios. One, um, something's getting in your way. You're having trouble getting traction on a project or uh, you're having problems with a, a person. So in, in that case, coaching is really useful. Or if you have many, many different priorities and you can't figure out what to do next and where to go next, a coaching conversation can be so helpful. Um, I also encourage people to develop kind of coaching relationships in their organization. You may not be uh, engaging in formal coaching, but if you learn the basics of coaching, how to ask people powerful questions, which is really the foundation of coaching, um, you can create some really helpful relationships in your own organization. Oh, that last one, that's such great advice. But that last one, learning how to ask powerful questions. Yes, I think we all practice that all the time, trying to uh, be able to improve that. Well, we have a little tradition, Chris, that we're going to engage you in here at the end. And that is we share um, with our audience the words of a thought leader. And so today's thought leader is someone I believe that you're probably very familiar with, which is Linda Hill. And um, Linda Hill is a professor of business administration at Harvard, and she's regarded as one of the leading experts on leadership. And this quote really resonates with me and I think um, sums up a lot of what we've been discussing. And that is, great success seldom comes from doing 20 things right. More often, it's the result of focusing on the right one, two, or three big things. I love that, Denise. <laughs> I love that. I am right. I feel like I that's a, a common refrain in my work. Well, what's the one, two, or three things that you can actually focus on that um, and that will help you move forward. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
No, thank you for being here with us, Chris. And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with you. And thank you for the time and for providing us these pearls of wisdom from the world of leadership and coaching. Um, and before we go, I want to invite our friends to join us next time when we welcome another guest from the world of higher ed. Until next time, bye everyone. Take care. Thank you, Chris. Bye. Bye. Thank you.